0: Welcome to the Legends Rewind Podcast. I'm your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by former Monterey basketball coach, Monterey legend Adam West. Coach, I appreciate you sitting down with me today. Hey, I appreciate you having me. <laughs> so, Coach, uh, let's talk about when you first got into basketball. What's your earliest memory of
1: basketball? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> many years ago, they used to have a program called uh, Christian Brothers Basketball in Monterey, and and I had a, had a coach in that that kind of took me in. And I really didn't know a whole lot about basketball. wasn't very good, to be honest with you. <laughs> I remember, we I, laugh about it all the time. My junior high experience was I was the uh, last man off the bench. And then I kind of <laughs> grew and got a little better and got a chance to play as I got into high school. Didn't even play my freshman year. Had a guy played for Tech by the name of Keith Turner, great uh, player for Tech, uh, an athletic director at Science Hill now. And uh, really kind of took me in. And the three years I had there really kind of, uh, made me feel like I wanted to do that as an opportunity if I ever had a chance to do it in Monterey.
0: So I guess it's the simplest question I could ask. Why basketball? Because in the South especially, obviously, everybody loves football. What was it about basketball that you said you, you didn't think you were very good at it? Why did you stick with it?
1: Well, we uh, we had a little crew in Monterey that kind of followed this around, but it, uh, you can look <laughs> this up on YouTube. It's kind of a funny story, but there's a video on YouTube called Bowl Arena. We lived in a trailer there behind the high school, and we played a lot of basketball with all the kids around. and. And really, the program kind of took off. We were horrible our first year that Coach Turner took over. We won eight games, and we went to uh, we went up to 22 my uh, junior year. And we went to the sub-state, got beat by Carlos Groves, East Robertson, so that created a huge buzz in our community. In my senior year, we were good, and we got actually upset by Clark Range in the, in the district tournament. Clark Range went on to be the state runner-up that year because they'd had a kid that became eligible at the right time. And and, and, and I don't know, it's just that's what we did. We, we, played, we played all kinds of sports. But basketball was where I kind of felt my niche. I could shoot the ball fairly well. I really just loved it. Larry Bird, all those you know, all those <laughs> old guys from the '80s—Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan—just watched all that stuff and just really kind of dug into it.
0: Is there any player you maybe modeled yourself after or tried to play like?
1: Well, I remember reading Larry Bird's book when I was in high school called Drive, and uh, I kind of felt like a, a kindred spirit to some of the thoughts that happened to him throughout his life. You know, stuff that went on, and and he was poor and all those things and. Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't 6'9", and I, I didn't have a <laughs> chance to shoot, but I felt like I could shoot okay at that time. And I really kind of wanted my game to be after him because uh, I wasn't very fast. I couldn't jump very high, and, but uh, I really played hard and, and uh, wanted to give everything. I wanted to be a, an impact player, not necessarily a great player, but a kid that made that team better that I was on, and I kind of think that's where my approach has been as a coach too.
0: You mentioned that, that period of time with those NBA players. A lot of people consider that to be like the golden age of basketball. Um, Who were some of your favorite players to follow, favorite teams? Who did you follow most? Boston Celtics were definitely my team. So, you know, (laughs) all those guys, uh, Mikel,
1: Bird, uh, Parrish, Dennis Johnson, Danny Ainge, uh, just that whole group, just the way they played together. One extra pass, one extra opportunity. and, And it wasn't that I got the credit, it's that we got the credit, and I love that kind of stuff. Michael Jordan, for what he brought to the game, he was unbelievable as far as just the level of intensity that he can do, and, and the things that he has, and, and uh, Magic Johnson, I loved his game as well. There was just so many guys, uh, you know, that I that I looked at at that time and thinking it was just unbelievable. Dr. J, I mean, you can go. I grew up in the '80s when you got to see one or two games a week, and when you saw them, they were just unbelievable. It's kind of like baseball at those times, and and it was just good stuff. And, and
0: uh, so many guys. So a huge Magic Johnson fan as a Celtics fan—that's that's, that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Well. Bird and Magic, you know, they, they did
1: those Converse commercials, which was one of the early things, and they did the, the uh, McDonald's commercials. And uh, truth is, Bird didn't like him. I don't know if there's a story to this. And and uh, as they became friends, they became friends for life. And, and when you compete with somebody, you, you can either decide that you, there's nothing wrong with competing, or wanting to beat somebody, uh, but also wanting the best for them. And I, and I, I coach at coaching AU over the last several years, I had several kids that I played uh, as a high school coach, and I'd be like, you know what, I hope that kid plays well. But I hope we win. Not I never want to lose. lose. Well, I said, no, I don't care if he plays well against me. He can play as well as he wants as long as we win. So so I always rooted for him, but at
0: the same time, I wanted us to beat, beat those teams. So playing, what, what, what's your favorite memory, or what are some of your fondest memories of playing the game of basketball? Oh, gosh. Uh, when I was in high
1: school, we the, the sub-state opportunity, we were sitting there. I remember we, we beat Pekin County in the Regents uh, Championship before we played East Robertson at Avery Trace, the, the, the new Avery Trace building, or the current Avery Trace building. It was high school at the time. But uh, we were sitting there at the uh, thing, and I remember holding the trophy, being in the paper, getting celebrated by the community. <laughs> Same thing as when we won as, as a high school coach. Uh, you know, it's small town, uh, love of, of your, their sports teams is fantastic. They go absolutely crazy because everybody, it's their moment to be a part of something they were a part of and, and celebrate it. And I think that's what was for us in those days. And uh, it was really special. We actually won that game on two free throws uh, at the end of the game, right before the buzzer, and uh, got fouled. And James Hastings um, knocked up, stepped up, line, made both of them. We won 67 66. That's
0: how good that memory was. So, so uh, talk about coaches then that made an impact on you. Who were some that, you know, not just as an athlete, but as a human being, who were some coaches that made big impacts on you? Well. Obviously, my high school coach was huge, but I had several coaches before that.
1: You know, Coach Faust, Coach Hatcher, the guys that I kind of grew up with, plus those Christian Brothers coaches that I had. Those those guys all were huge because I I was basically <laughs> I always say this all the time. I, was, I felt like a homeless child anyway. They <laughs> took me to every game and they took me to places and you know and stuff like that. But uh, I, I'm a I've always been a reader and a bio and a memoir kind of guy, so. I do a lot of research on other guys and figure out how they did things. And so a lot of the books I've read, the Tony Dunges and, and um, oh gosh, um, i drawn a blank. But uh, all the other coaches that I've read, I've read several books that I think that kind of given me knowledge of what I wanted to be as a coach and really helped me grow from when I started as coaching to when I finished. And, of course, John Wood and all
0: that stuff. i got so many today. <laughs> so, so when did the idea of coaching, when did that – when did that first uh, start? When did you first start thinking about that? When I was in
1: when I was in college, I actually didn't go to college out of high school. I went straight to work, and while I was sitting there at work at, some, uh, at Purdue, worked there for a year. I thought, well, I need to go back to school, so I went back to school. And when I went back to school, I actually uh, decided, as I was sitting there, I was like, man, I'd love to coach. It'd be a great opportunity and get back to my community because it's, it's a small community. Uh, and I think early on we had some success, but there were probably times that they wanted to give me back uh, as well. But uh, it was a great, a great experience to do that, and um, I wouldn't trade uh, any of those days, uh, the good and the bad. Sometimes you learn a lot more from losses than you do from wins, but uh, it was definitely a great experience to be a part of.
0: I think I know the answer to this next question, but I might ask it anyways. How much of coaching uh, is relationship building and, and relationship cultivating? How much of it is that? more than you ever experience when you're young when you're younger you just think well I gotta get these
1: I gotta get these kids to go from A to B and I gotta get them to be good but when you get older and you start realizing how important that is if somebody doesn't believe in herself and somebody doesn't believe that you believe in them for those moments or you know and I remember we had a game once and we we, we beat Salina at uh, Salina once and, and I I really felt like I over celebrated that win and, and nothing that that's wrong with or not but when I celebrate with kids when I came to the sideline I, I did some stuff I felt like it was a moment of connection with my team that we're going to be okay. We're going to do things the right way. we did, we had a good year, That finished that year. But that was definitely, the, the relationships that are huge. And if you don't, if kids don't believe in you and they don't see that you think that, and I just wish I'd known that more when I was younger. It was really difficult at that time. But I coached girls, so that was a little
0: different too for me as a young boy, as a young man. So, I have to ask then, Is there? what are some of the biggest differences in coaching girls basketball versus boys? Is there a big difference, or is it pretty much just the same game, different players? No, it's a, a huge difference. I, I know people will probably
1: uh, maybe argue this one way or the other, and I'm sure some of my girls will. My girls were super intelligent. I, I uh, There were so many years that we had um, – uh, Teams that my GPA for my team was like 3-7 one year. I was I, I may have been the dumbest person on the that team. That's a true story. Like there were three doctors on one of my teams. It's crazy. But when you come to boys and not that they're they didn't have the intelligence. Boys have a read and react mode that girls don't have necessarily. So we do a lot more read and react stuff with boys when we didn't do it with girls, but I mean I have like fifty plays and we could run fifty plays in any given night with girls. Well with boys we go into approach, we may have fifty plays. But we really approach it with a smaller number going into a tag a game, and then we kind of work it out outside of that circle. So, different deal, but uh, the athleticism of of boys uh, obviously is uh, different in a sense of, you know, above the rim type stuff and things like that 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 you
0: can't do necessarily with girls. So, one thing I've I've wanted to talk to you about is that 1A district you played in, or the 1A district that you coached in at Monterey. Uh, Can you give me a sense as a coach just how tough it was night in, night out in that district, uh, to prepare for just how good all the teams in that district were?
1: Well when I coached girls, it was unbelievable. We I coached girls for seven years. Four of those seven years we had the state champion in our in our conference. And we had state runner up two years. So it wasn't like it was never ever bad. And we always had one through ten like top of top of the line. It was unbelievable. And then we got to boys and everybody kinda laughed, Oh well boys not very good. You're gonna be a chance to be successful. Just look at it. We just won the state championship at our conference last year when, you know, things were kinda down. We were Uh, We were final four, Clay County was state runner-up in these last several years. So our conference in boys has changed. We don't have a lot of state championships to show for it, but we do have success and competitiveness across what what I call good basketball and great coaches. And uh, and it's it's crazy to think how good it was, but uh, it made us better. And it made me work harder as a coach, so I, I have no regrets. I do know there were a lot of sleepless nights, especially <laughs> when I was in the girls' division, because I knew that yeah, I could be I could be the top ten in the state in our conference and never make it out of our region quarters. It was that tough. It was that tough, because that's
0: – we were – it was – even the boards more than that were good. You know, they went to the state tournament. stuff. So, one specific year I want to talk about, because it's a year that so many remember, the 2019-2020 season. Um, you know, you guys obviously end up making it to state. Clay County makes it to state. That, that, that district was so good that I think people even forget that, you know, Pickett County could easily have been in state as well, but obviously with you guys all being in the same region, somebody had to be eliminated. Um, what was that year like? Well, we'll get to the, how that year ended obviously in a minute, but what was that year like as with how competitive that district was?
1: Well, you're dealing with an instance like that uh, with – Pickett County was top ten most of the year. I mean, we were obviously in that situation too, and we, we – you know, we had some ups and downs that year. We weren't great all the time. Like, we didn't – even though we won 20 – 27 that year or 25, whatever it was uh, that year, we we had some ups and downs where it wasn't necessarily always smooth. But Clay County was good. We we were good. And, and uh, for some reason that year, you know, we played Clay County three times and, and got them two out of three. So, we were pretty pleased to do that against a good team. And I uh, the conference was tough. And, and our, our off-season schedule, we went to uh, – we went to actually the – King of, King of the Smokies and won that tournament as well. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, it was just crazy how, how good it was. In our competition level, we were playing really good teams. I, I was pleased with how we performed that year. And if you looked at us, we, we won no eye test. Yeah. Like we, were, we, we weren't very good. Our tallest guy was 6'3", 6'4". That's Kevin, Kevin Boras, Yeah, Kevin was our tallest guy. We weren't 6'7", 6'8", like we were those years we went to, went to the state tournament
0: a couple years before, so it was definitely different. So, that obviously that year's team was really special. Was there a moment early on in the season where maybe you realized this team could do something great? I think one game that sticks out to a lot of people was when you guys went up as much as you did on White County early on in the year, and that team was obviously very good. Grant Slatten obviously one of the best players in the area. Was there a moment, though, to you that stuck out as, okay, this team could be really good?
1: Every day. That team was weird because the first team I had, we just we, we looked at like, we looked like we could be that team. But that team didn't look like it. But the one team, thing that team had, I could have said, who's going to fight me for that nickel lane on the floor over there? And there had been ten kids in the pile. And that, that team just never – they competed every day. Like, the practices were fun with that team. And that's why they were good. And they, they understood. They played exactly what they needed to play within themselves and the rows. And they, and they competed every day to get better. It, it was a fun team to be a part of. And uh, really deserving of an opportunity to play in the state tournament, which obviously they
0: didn't get to do, but uh, definitely deserving of the way they performed all year. You mentioned playing Clay County. Obviously, they won the district tournament. You guys won the region That's right? Uh, first of all, talk about having you know the coaches in the district as well. You know, because when I think of the first the first three names I thought of in that district were you, uh, Rob Edwards, and Joseph had three of the best coaches in the Upper Cumberland. Um, preparing for great, preparing for great teams is one thing every night, but you're also preparing for great coaches that kind of know their stuff. What was that
1: like? Oh, no, it was nuts. It was, that was probably the hardest part of all of it is knowing how good those guys are. And then you, you're even forgetting Greg Bibb was in that group. You're forgetting Rodney Bob was in that group. That whole that whole okay. slew. There was not a deficient coach in that group, and, and they all know their stuff. You, you can, when I first started, I think there was times when I think, well, this guy's just passing through. He's gonna be here, here. He's gonna be gone. You know, somebody like that might come through, but not not often. But that year was crazy. For three years from the, the, those three years of that one, Peyton's that 20 to 17, 18 year, Yeah. the coaching staffs and their other conference, I mean, our own conference was crazy. It was, we had eight teams, and there was eight quality coaches. You could not sleep any nights. And if you remember – we didn't have the buys back then. We went into – everybody had to play their first game in the tournaments. Oh, it was could, go home. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You could lose the first round of the district to be the best team in the state. And we were number two in the state going into the district tournament that 18 years and could have easily lost. And everybody we played sports, but it was really good. They had the, the man kid and all those that were big. So, we could have lost that game. But I was like, man, if we had a kid – we go in that tournament, that game that year, and one of my players calls in with the flu and is sick as a dog. So, we're like, oh, it's worst-case scenario, but – Anything, great coach, great. I can't say enough about how good those guys were. And they sharpened, you know, uh, what do they say, steel, sharpened steel, I guess. And, and that there's no
0: truer words in our conference at that time. So one game that a lot of people remember from that year is the Fayetteville game, the substate game. How crazy was that environment that night? And just to be as a coach, I couldn't imagine what it was like being on there on the floor as loud as it was all the way around you. What was that like?
1: It was It was crazy, but – you know what? We've done the substate thing a couple years before, and we were on the road the year before that. It's just that environment, substate environment. I hope every, I, my hope for every kid that goes through high school has an opportunity to play in that. Environment. We, our conference is crazy anyway. But you were there that night, so you remember how it was. Crowds sitting on top of us. People from Myers just there. You couldn't breathe. You couldn't breathe. And. and uh, it was the fact that we were down nine going in there late in the second half. I couldn't remember how much yeah. it was. Okay, It was nine because I looked at my coach and I thought, well, we're going to either have to play man for the rest of the game, which we did. We changed defenses and kind of adjusted and made plays when it mattered. But it was a fantastic environment. And, and uh, celebrating a win at the end where the kid had the opportunity to make a shot in the corner. I actually thought because of the way things had went through a couple of games that year where we had things go the wrong way, you know, we lost that Sparta game, which I yeah. remember that you were just talking about. We went up by about 20 in that game and ended up losing I actually thought, man, that's the way it's going to work. It'll be just <laughs> like this again. we we'll to have this same thing happen to us again. And I thought it might. And, and I think fortunately, it did.
0: The kid missed the shot. And we won. So so I, I, hate to, I hate to dig up old wounds here. But how, how, obviously, this team, you didn't get a chance to see what they could have done in the glass house. But what did you, as a coach, what did you think? How, how good did you think this team could be in terms of the state tournament playing against the best that the entire state had to offer? How far did you think that team could go? You know, I didn't know because they. My, my son's going to tell you we were going to
1: win the state. <laughs> he, he says that. But I, I'm more along the lines of the way I approach every tournament is this. You can play really well and still lose. We were going to play Booker T. Washington. We had scouted those because we had, we had 20 films on those by the time we got ready to go to the state tournament. Obviously, we had more time than we normally had. And um, I do believe we could have competed with those guys. We would have had a chance to really give it a run. I, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen it. Experience helps. The fact that we played two years before, and those guys had been in that environment multiple times, would have been good for us. Uh, but uh, who knows? I mean, <laughs> it would have been fun to see because we, when you play the best teams early, then your next rounds become easier than your first round in the state tournament. If you, if it really prepares out like it should, then you kind of, you know, you're kind of in a better place. We really were playing with the number one team in the state, if I remember correctly. Our team was number one at the time, and then the other Memphis team might have been number two and then I think we yeah. were like three and four or whatever somewhere in that neighborhood whatever it was. But it was it was it was unusual. But we had beaten that year, we beat uh, a team that remember yeah. the eight teams of the state, Oneida, we had beaten them already. Yep. Uh Clay we had County, Clay was County, obviously. we beat of course Memphis and then there was somebody else that we had played that I think we competed with but there was seemed like there was four teams we had played or they had played
0: East Robertson was there. Clay okay, had yep. beaten yep. East Robertson. I That's right. that, I yeah, Clay had beaten East Robertson. I mean, you know, how good was that? So so, I have to ask this, when did you know last year that you kind of, this, this might be your last go around as the head coach, was there a moment or was there just kind of a feeling you had at the start, like what, what, how, did, how did you come to that decision?
1: Well, I wanted to give it to somebody that I thought was going to really keep it in a competitive place, first of all, number one, which Coach Martin, you know, he came along and it was a great opportunity for me. It really just became difficult to, to do my day to day. Like, I, I, I can't do something bad. It's just one of those things where I don't want to be a part of it myself if I'm not going to put in the time I need. It. And basketball during the season is a crazy experience. I love to tell people how easy – people are like, yeah, it's easy. You don't do anything. <laughs> now, I, 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 I watch film, not only my own, but I watch film of other people. I break it down into three categories and, and tag those, those links. So then I build playlists for the kids. Then we do scouting reports. We do pregames. And then we do practice schedules. And that's just that's with my normal day to day. That's not even
0: figure, in fact figuring games and travel and all And yeah, that's not even
1: figuring I got to teach. I have a job, and that's uh, there. So I don't want to be I didn't want to be a part of not being able to do that. Working where I'm currently, I, I moved to a, a county wide position, so it made it difficult to be a part of it. And Coach Martin was the right fit to take my place, and he'll do a good job. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't leave if I thought it would have been a bad situation for our kids. They they'll have a chance to be competitive, and that program will continue to sustain itself and be be successful in the future.
0: So I haven't asked you about this yet. I have held it off as long as I could, but now we're going to ask. So you obviously got a chance to coach not one but two of your sons. Uh, but what, what is that like? What's that feeling like getting to actually coach your boys, and they were both obviously very talented basketball players.
1: Yeah, it was it was a, it was a great experience. I there was times when it wasn't. I'm sure I'll probably the boys will be like, well, there was times that it didn't. It wasn't easy on either one of us. And uh, you know, I, I referred to a couple guys. Jeff Slagle worked with me. He coached his son uh, Wyatt. I talked to Bobby at Upperman, which coached all of his kids, and all of them had a little different view of opinion. But, uh, and I also talked to uh, Don Meyer, who had coached Jerry Meyer and kicked him off the team, which is kind of an ironic uh, thing. There. But when it came down to it, I regretted thinking that I didn't want to do it. But when when, when it's all said and done and the journey's over, we don't always appreciate and I didn't appreciate all of my, I mean, sometimes we don't appreciate all of our kids. We don't even push the games. But uh, in, in the end, it was one of the best experiences I could have had. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I hope they wouldn't as well. And, and there's an image that I have that was taken at State Terminal when they were both there. That's one of the most special things to me. Uh, somebody bought it for one of my players or parents gave it to me as a gift. And it uh, sits on my uh, hearth at home. So it's something that I will cherish for as long as I, as I live.
0: A lot of parents that coach their kids say that one of the, one of the biggest parts of, of, of that dynamic is, okay, you know, when, you know, we're on the floor, it's coach and player, but as soon as we get off the court, we're in the car on the ride home, you know, that's where that relationship ends. It's got to be more of a family relationship. Did you find that to be true? No, it was hard.
1: Early on, I, I'll tell you this story. I think I've told this story multiple times, but I, I'll, I'll tell you again. When, we were, when I was coaching my oldest at, at first, he was in high school before the youngest, and the, the youngest was in junior high, and we were riding home one day, and we argued a lot about, hey, you're not doing this, you're not working hard, you can do this, whatever, and I, I just felt like I was pushing him to try to get to where he needed to be. And uh, my youngest finally said, listen, listen. <laughs> if you're going to do this every day, well, we're, I'm going to ride with somebody else. And so I realized that at that moment that I needed to be like what you just said. That's exactly the way it needed to be. So I actually set my oldest aside one day and I said listen I'll tell you what I said if you want to talk about basketball we will talk about basketball outside of practice I said I'm not going to push it we're not going to say a word about it I said we're just going to let it go and whatever I said but I have what I think is the key for you to be good and so I want you to know that I'm willing to give you that anytime you want it I said but it's you and I said that you'll have it more more than anybody else will and uh, to be honest with you that created more opportunity for conversation about the game of basketball for his game and his growth than anything I'd ever done, and I don't know. It's one of those things. Well, I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner. It's not like I'm a genius when it comes to that. It just worked that way. And when it's their idea on their terms, it became became better terms.
0: You mentioned obviously the this, this state with both of them. Do you have any other moments that stick out to you as far as moments with with your two sons in the game of basketball? Uh,
1: gosh, I don't know. There were ga- there were games. You know, we we played on. Uh, I, I coached some city league games with them. That was fun back in the day, and and. Uh, I don't know, there was just so many, I think it's, I think it means a lot to me, but if you ask them, it probably means as much to them, like the value of them um, for each other is, is there, and I, I'll, I'll say this, I hope, I hope my youngest doesn't get mad at me for saying this, but <laughs> the value, I, I, I told them a story, and I hope this helps every parent that has two kids that are competing down the road. We had an instance where one of them had some success and the other one was kind of mad at the other one. And I, I said them both times, I said, listen, I said, when this when the day ends, I said, what we've done is we've won for your last name, not your first name. And I said, you're if he's successful, it's because you pushed him or vice versa. I said it's gonna be like. So when we got to high school, we we lost that game at the state tournament, in the final four to um, oh gosh. Lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> um, weathers, uh, anyway. Weathers group, whatever the, whatever the group was. Anyway, so we lost that game. We get in the locker room, and, and they're, you know, they're in tears. Everybody's tears. And my youngest is in tears. And, and my youngest said something, and, and it, it it's, it's, it brought me to that point of what I said. He said, um, he said, I can never give him that game back. And I thought, wow. So it was more important to him that he won for his brother than it was for him, I guess. And I, that's, that's, what, that's what family ought to be. You know, you ought to kind of like that. But
0: that's what I hope all of our team is about. So I guess that kind of takes us to today. Obviously, we're in, um, cent- you know, City Central. Central um, I'm going to botch the name of the church, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, how important throughout all of this process, throughout your career, throughout coaching, how important has your faith been to all that, though?
1: Well, God's been great to me. Uh, and, and the faith that I've had with him uh, – was growing and when i was young as a coach and, I, and this is one of those things you know tony dunchies and and all these coaches of john Woods and all the beliefs of that because they, they were moral they were moral things they, they did things the right way but when when i first started coaching i i thought it had to be a certain thing i thought i had to i told guys Football, I coach football, so I saw guys cuss and I saw things like that happen. And I thought, man, I gotta be like, another thing I never broke down and said something I probably shouldn't have said. I'm sure I did. And I'm sure I kicked the water. <laughs> guys are gonna say, hey, get the water, cooler in my in my locker. I did that multiple times. <laughs> but that doesn't change the fact that the faith and the growth of what I became as a person and understand that, that that doesn't define me as a coach. What defines me as a coach is whether I'm going to be able to get you to be the best player you can be. And so uh, my faith is huge as far as that goes. But my wife, deserves a lot of credit for that and uh, keeping me stable and uh, not, not jumping off
0: the ledge or anything sometimes. So let's talk about again today, how did you end up where you are now um, and what do you what do, you do now for a job now that you're not coaching? I actually work for the county. I do uh,
1: curriculum design, instruction, I build classes, I work for VITAL. Uh, we do a lot of online stuff. I train teachers, I support teachers, I support students. A lot of Zoom calls, a lot of conversations, a lot of trainings. Uh, uh, and if I showed you what I do all day long, and most of my work happens not only during the day, but I'm working, like last night I was on the computer until about nine o'clock. So it's just, you know, it's just, but I'm able to watch TV and kind of do work. And same thing. it's not like it's not like I'm out there working in the, in the fields or anything like that. So it, it's definitely a different job, but I, I've been working with that program forever. And uh, it was an opportunity to move closer to my house. And then I, now with that opportunity, also gave me the opportunity to go watch Peyton, news at Ball State still at this point. So we, we wanted to
0: be able to do that. And, uh, Follow that journey as long as it goes. How, how, how is that going with Peyton at Ball State? I know that uh, a lot of people are probably still following him. How how's that gone with him so far? It's
1: going well. He had a good year last year, uh, probably surprisingly so. Uh, had some moments where he was really good, and had some moments where he wasn't as good, and I think that's was an adjustment from high school to college, because there's great athletes at that level. And, uh, you know, ended up being, uh, on the West side, and been a rookie of the year for the, for the conference on his side and made second-team all-conference. So two good things for him to really – be a part of. He's had several contacts with coaches in the future, and uh, hopefully those will give him
0: opportunities to play at, a, at what he wants to do as a four-year school. So one thing you've talked about, obviously you were a teacher, you worked now through training. Um, how, in your opinion, and, and this gets into a whole other discussion that we don't have enough time for today, but how, how, how underappreciated do you feel teachers and educators are as a whole nowadays?
1: All right, well, when it comes to... I don't think they are right now because of the pandemic. I think people are really appreciating them. But I think before this pandemic, they probably were like, "Oh man, they probably don't do anything. they sit probably surrounded in nothing. But with this pandemic and the fact that people are having to work twice as hard as they were before, I think it's created
0: a mindset of, hey, how hard are they working? So, work. so the way I like to end all these, um, give a little bit of free game to people out there that maybe want to get to where you are as a coach that want to be where you are in life right now. What would you tell younger athletes or people that maybe are, the kinder coaches, uh, and what would you tell a younger version of yourself? What would you tell them as far as advice, your best piece of advice? Uh, grow, uh,
1: work hard, uh, and uh, and don't be afraid to fail. Because failure is going to happen, and you'll learn as much from failure as you do from success, even though success is a lot of fun. But uh, just grow, work, uh, and find those niches and be you. I know that sounds simple right now, but those are things I wish I knew early. And uh, I did grow but it took 20 years to grow as well as I'd like to, but I would have liked to have done it a lot sooner.